Hi, I'm Irwin McManus. I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I want to also bring you into some exciting things that are happening here. If you go to the Mosaic app, you will learn about our conference coming up this year, about MSC's new album and their tour across the country. And you can learn how to connect and be more involved in Mosaic in so many different ways. And by the way, we now have the Mosaic YouTube channel. And you can go access not only these talks, but other fresh and new materials that are being created specifically for that channel. And so if you want to be connected in a richer and fuller way, uh, not only be a part of the podcast, get to the Mosaic app and get to the channel. And we'll see you there. Happy Mother's Day to me. (laughs) To me. Erwin, you're a better mother than I am. So you sit this one out. You'll be really good. They'll be all right. All right. I'll take this. All right. So, um, uh, it's, it's been a great day. It's been a great day. I know that, um, uh, you know, the Bible's big and, uh, I tried earlier to eat an elephant, but I, with the Bible, it was a big old task. And so we're going to just take this, this scripture and we're just going to like ingest it in, in any way God wants us to do. Right. Uh, we can be overwhelmed by the, by the Bible. We can be, um, but um, it's not meant to be that. Even if you were to know the Ten Commandments growing up, oh, that's, that, those are big, those are big. And then as it got into the wisdom literature of the, Psalm, of the Psalms and Proverbs, Proverbs, King Solomon wrote this beautiful, these, these beautiful pieces of wisdom for the community, for Israel, and for his children. And if I could just do, that's what we're going to land on tonight, is the wisdom of Solomon I just want to be, can I just be your mom for 30 minutes? Just for 30 minutes, let me just be your mom and go there and be okay with going there, right? Because I got my own commandments. I got my own sayings, right? First one, uh, be careful with the overuse of the word literally. Thou shalt not use it too often. Right, said someone in the Bible said he said, literally, Jesus was on fire. No, he wasn't, ever. <laughs> literally. No using that word too much. Men, my commandment for you is never ever wear a romper again. <laughs> yes? Let's just get that very clear as a commandment. Women, for you, please never wear Uggs with Daisy Dukes. Never. Yes. Women, never, ever wear leggings as pants. Right? They're not your pants. Okay. And this is a good one. This is my last one. This is a good one. Um, Thou shalt never get on a scale again. That was just for me. That was just for me. Those are my commandments. Although I really want to go to camo and tie-dye and the overuse of cargo shorts. But that's okay. All right. So we'll just go to the scriptures. Because Solomon had 30 of these sayings. And we're only going to get to like uh, six or seven of them tonight. But if you go online this month, I'm going to be doing all 30 of Solomon's sayings to us um, on the deep on our app. Okay, so that'll be good. That'll be good. So let's start. Saying number one. Look at this. Pay attention to 
just 30 simple sayings. But it, it's, it's so relevant, right, to us that there are some times where wise, one need, wise ones need to come up to us alongside us and say, you are not paying attention to your life. Are you paying attention to the roadmaps? Are you paying attention to the signs that are coming to your way? Pay attention, Solomon says. And he says, pay attention and turn your ear. Turn your ear. That means stretch your ear. Turn and stretch seem both kind of not, you know, biologically possible. But he was saying, look, even if you're in the very back of the room and you can't even hear if I took this away, I'm just saying, lean in a little bit and pay attention. Maybe this is your night and everything could change on your behalf, right? If you're paying attention, don't miss it. We often try to do too many things at one time. I know you're touching your cell phone right now. I know you have that thing going on with your cell phone and maybe you're not all present in the room. I'm just asking you to be because something might happen to you. It says, turn, stretch your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. That word apply, it says, in your will, put your heart in a position to where you are willing to receive. And it says, not just apply your heart to what I teach. It is pleasing when you keep them in your heart, it is pleasant, you know, that you can be in love with these teachings, that you can actually, like, not only feel positive toward discipline, but that you could love what's about to happen when you lean in and pay attention to some things. Uh, I don't know who you're paying attention to, but uh, look, the scriptures for me have informed, have informed and enlightened my path. And it guided my way. And Jesus will say to me in my ear, now go this way. Now that you know, now go this way. And that is when I am paying attention, I hear his voice. Um, He says to them, he says, for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and you have all of them ready on your what? That's right. Whatever comes out of your heart will come through your lips. Yes, and that was a question, you know, in, in Jesus and the disciples, they were, they, were, they were like putting food in their bodies that were not, it was like not consecrated. And so the teachers of the law were like, Jesus, you're his eye. And Jesus says, well, hey, it is not what goes in your body. It is what comes out of your body. It's what comes out of your mouth that's going to destroy you. So he says, if you're paying attention and you have turned your ear and your heart to what is right and you're really paying attention, will not the things... Um, that are right be ready on your lips. You need, I mean, I, I don't know what is ready on your lips. We are you just always off the cuff. But there are some things, some hard things that you should say to some people that are loving and hard and truthful, but they've got to be ready on your lips because you have lived them out. Your heart is set on them. And, and then maybe it's those things that are teachable that, that, that God says, you, from a wise, I'm trying to make you wise. From a point of wisdom, I'm trying to make you wise. So if you're ready for that, it will be ready on your lips. So that, that this is the purpose. This is the purpose. So that your trust, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I don't know wh- where your trust, your seat is right now. I trust. I don't trust anybody. I don't know if you're that person or I trust everybody. And that's not good either. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know where your trust is, is this, but we're... You're paying attention to learn these things so that you can get some trust, right? We need to, we need to trust each other. 
But there is a trust that comes when, when you're putting it all on the line for God and you're saying, I know you're protecting me. I know you're defending me. I know I can, I can count on you. You're never going to leave me. And I am going to trust you. And he said, the reason you're paying attention is so you can develop that trust between you and I. And it says, I teach you today, even you, knucklehead. I teach you. I'm willing to. Anywhere, I'm ready to touch you. So look, look, look. And the next verse says this. Have I not written 30 sayings for you? Sayings of counsel. Free counsel. You want some free counseling advice tonight? Free counsel and knowledge. Teaching you to be honest. And to speak the truth. So that you bring back truthful reports to those you serve. You know, um, we serve in communities here. We serve like in groups here. And what, how beautiful it is when someone has something honest to say from their heart, authentic, that God is doing. And that is bringing that honest report back to those you serve. Because when you do that, the whole group is elevated, right? And this, this isn't the story of you. This is the story of us. That we are all paying attention to what God is doing so that we all trust. And that we all are saying, okay, he's teaching us how to be honest people. To be honest, authentic, genuine, vulnerable people with one another. Don't you wish that you could tr trust your coworkers? Don't you wish you could trust that people are telling you the truth? You know, sometimes people aren't telling you the truth because they don't trust you with the truth. Right? And so I'm just saying, like, th this whole issue of honesty between friends and honesty between one another, that I've, I've never seen it so, so desperately needed in our relationships. In the Proverbs later, just like a few, like one chapter over, it says this. It says, honesty is like a kiss on the lips. You know, how? That is such a personal verse. You know, honesty is like a kiss on the lips. And I, I said, in our hardest moments, I want you, Erwin, to be honest with me and tell me the truth. Tell me how bad it is. Or tell me how in, in trouble, uh, uh, that the trouble, how bad the trouble is. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. I just need the honesty. My soul needs the honesty. Isn't it? I told John Gray, he asked me after the first gathering last, uh, last week, he said, how did it go? And I said, people in this city are dying to be told the truth. They are begging for the truth. And you just brought the truth. And they soaked it up. You know, what a gift you give when, to, to a brother and a sister if you'll tell them the truth. It's like, I know, I know, I've been to a lot of weddings lately and, and a lot of beautiful, you know, you're, it's beautiful beginnings for these couples. But I'll tell you, there's no greater gift that you can give to each other than, than to say, we will not lie. We will not lie. I promise you, I will tell you the truth in love and that love will always come before the truth. Yeah. All right. Saying number two. Saying number two. Surprise me with the truth every time. We just talked about that, right? My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad indeed. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Because the wise one says, I'm not just doing, I'm not just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth so you can be truthful and tell the next generation the truth. Right? Saying number three. Mm-hmm. Beware of ambushes, hoes and thieves. Hoes and thieves. Yeah, my son. My son, give me, give me your heart. This is my favorite. Give me your heart. This is me being a mom and saying some honest things. Give me your heart. And let your eyes delight in my ways. 
Like, this is like the father saying, give me your heart, son. And I'm going to teach you what to do and where to go and who to trust and who to love. But, it, you know, it was that perfect thing that God did when he created fathers and mothers for us. He said, I'm going to surround you with a support system that will elevate you until you can, you can walk on your own. And you can learn these. But I'm going to give me your heart first. And he said, trust me that you just look at me as a model and I'll go the right way. But, you know, that's not been a lot of our experiences. Our fathers haven't been the models and our mothers haven't been the models. And that we've left a lot of brokenness around. And a lot of us don't even have mothers and fathers. And so, you know, we have to learn a different way. We have to learn this new model, um, even though we may, it's never been modeled to us, right? But I'm still telling you, beware of the ambushes. It says, even though maybe you don't know who to give your heart to, the wise one said, Give me your heart so I can show you which way to go. For an adulterous woman is a deep pit, and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, like a thief, she lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among men. Beware of ambushes. Who has your heart, and what will you, and what will, what will have your heart? What will take it, and you will let it take it? You know, that's the thing about ambushes. They come out of nowhere. They come and take you. And you know, it's, it's so funny about hoes and thieves. Hoes and... <laughs> What's so funny, you ask? Hoes and thieves. Hoes and thieves. They have great radar. They can see somebody that is theirs for the taking. Right? Maybe you're here tonight and you are a hoe or a thief. And so, I just say to you... I just to say to you, you can do better. Do better. It's out there. Yours is, Erwin says, keep it positive. Okay. Hoes uh, and thieves, you can do better. But, but they, it's like there's a radar that says I, you're, you're there for the taking. All the signs are there. Your body language, you're saying, you're saying, Yes, 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 yes. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. And, and you're, you're screaming, I'm open, I'm willing. And so that is a person ready for an ambush. Because, you know, we can't always control what's going to come at us. We can't. We can't control the trouble that sometimes comes out of nowhere. But how are you positioning yourself against those ambushes? And it will always, 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 the enemy always attacks your weakness. How do you shore up your weakness so that you will be a strong, stronger for longer, right? Stronger for longer. You want a longer life, you want a stronger life. And if we always fall to our weakest point, which would be those ambitions, you got you to be careful about that. I know in my life, there are spiritual ebbs and flows. There are spiritual uh, peaks. And there are spiritual valleys. And when I'm in the valley, I know I'm open to be ambushed at my lowest point, right? I'm, my ears are open to hear negativity. My ears are open to, to say yes to the wrong things. My ears are open. You got to close those. Yeah, open the ears and sometimes close the ears, right? You have to be able to say no to a hoe. <laughs> I just had a flash of somebody tweeting that. Okay, can we be careful about what we tweet just for tonight? 
say no to the hoe and it's, it's better. But, but whether, you know, the thieves will come and they will steal everything they can from you. What are you letting be stole, stolen out from under you? And it better, you better be careful because you'll realize, is it my soul? Is it my life? Is it my mind? Is it my future? Right? Lock the door. Lock the door. Your door is too wide open. It says in the scripture that Satan um, is crouching at your door and he wants to take mastery of you. Um, and so beware of ambushes. Saying number four. Say, oh. Stay sober. Life is better. And if you are new to Mosaic at this, and this is your first time, and you might think I'm a little nosy or judgy, I apologize. But we're going there. We're going there. So this is what Solomon said about sobriety. He said, who is wallowing in anguish? Who is full of sorrow? Who, is, who has conflict? Who has complaints? Who has bruises and they can't remember where they came from? I love this question that's next. Who has bloodshot eyes? Can we have the house lights? <laughs> All right, you know who! I love those three words. You know who! It's those who stay up late finishing off the last bottle. Those who can't stop it. Those who look away. Oh, oh and it says no. It says look away from the enticing beauty of wine. The deep red hue. The aroma. The calling out. Ignore how it shimmers in the cup and glides down your throat. What? Eventually. Eventually all that beauty, when you least expect it, it's going to strike you, baby, like a snake in the neck. I added the neck. It stings. It stings. It stings. You know. It stings. It stings like viper venom. And your vision will blur. And you'll imagine strange things. And you'll say crazy things. Hurtful things. And you'll regret it later. Huh. You will reel and stagger as if caught on a wave of seasickness. As a sailor who holds on to a mass for dear life. You will say, they slapped me, but it didn't hurt. And they beat me and I didn't feel a thing because you know what? You've lost your sensitivity. You lost your ability to feel because you're drowning yourself. Mm. And whenever I wake up from this stupor, I'll have another drink. In this, in this text, the, the, the wise king was saying, it's a story about an a man who, or a woman who goes from drink to drink. They can't find bearings in life. So just bring me the next one. Until there's this like, they come out of an alcoholic stupor only to order another one. Uh, I don't know um, where you are in this whole thing about drinking. Because you know, you come to church and people say, oh no, don't drink alcohol. You're just expecting it, right? You just expect the judgment. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I have been sober for 59 years. 59 years. I have celebrated sobriety. And you know why? Because I never was an alcoholic. <laughs> I am 59 years old, right? Because I never was. Uh, but I, I lost my mom. 
um, when she was young. And she died drunk at the hand of a drunk driver who was my dad. And my grandfather died drunk and my great-grandfather died drunk. And I said to my, in, in, when, in, 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 the, in the building of my life, I said, I will not be my mother. I will not let a man hit me and I will not, I will not drink to the point of drunk. When you are buzzed and when you are drunk, you are not better. You are forgetting things. You don't know who you are. You're, you're, you regret things. You've got to live a life without regret. Stay sober. Stay sober. I don't have anything to judge you by. I have a lot. I mean, I have, I've, you know, my, I have so many weaknesses. But I just know my life is better because I decided I wanted a clear mind and a clear, a clear head. I want a clear mind so I could remember the thoughts of my children. I want, I want them never to see me uh, drunk and passed out. Like I spent seeing my mom over and over and over. And it was so dreadful to me, those images. And when I say that, I will not be addicted to, um, to pills or weed or whatever substance it is or, or alcohol. It is, me, it, it is me sober wanting a happier life. And if you are in that place, because we have people who struggle with these things and we don't talk enough about them, you, there is help for you. When you felt that snake's bite, when you knew, I mean, that, that is a picture of I've crossed the line. I've crossed the line and now I have a problem. It's too many times I'm buzzed and I'm drunk and now I need, it. I need help. There's help for you. There's help for you. You just got to ask for it. You've got to be man enough, woman enough to ask for it. But sometimes, you know, as women, we've been taught, hey, what's in your drink? Make sure nobody's put anything in there. But sometimes in that drink, there's aimlessness and hopelessness and fear of never being loved and loneliness in that drink. What's in your drink? What's in your drink? What's in your drink? What's in your cup? Because God has given you a cup. And it says, God, you are my portion in the psalmist. He says, you are my portion. And he says, I will fill your cup to overflowing. You will never know the goodness that I have for you. But you have got to let me feel it and let me feel it. We were just trying to have, our cup is bottomless when we're trying to fill it with alcohol and anything else. We are, our, our cups will always be bottomless. He says, There's a, there is a cup from me that I will fill for you that will bring to you happiness and joy and fulfillment. You just got to trust this process of coming clean and getting sober. Yeah. Saying, saying number five, your life is the museum of awe and wonder. Sober. But still the museum of awe and wonder. <laughs> right? It says, by wisdom a house is built. And through understanding it is established and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You know who that house is? That house is you. That is when you get some wisdom, when you get some real knowledge that you're going to live this life, the strongest you that you could be, you're building that house. We call that, uh, 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 we call it structural integrity. You know, I, I, we, I build with Habitat for Humanity for the last seven years and we call, when we build a house, we always must Pay attention to the structural integrity of that house. And you know what that is for us in this spiritual community? It's called moral courage. Moral courage. We have the moral courage to say, there's some things I'm going to understand. And my house is going to be established. It's going to have, it's going to have structural stability. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Nobody wants you to be a cheap knockoff. 
and to have a cheap knockoff of a life, to take and cut out a patch and put it on your, your lapel and say, I am Gucci. <laughs> and everybody knows you're not Gucci. Everybody knows. That's not spelled that way. <laughs> it's, a, it's not Gucci. But God has created you the better than Gucci could ever create anything. He's like, in you, in your house that you are building this life, it is supposed to be rare, precious, expensive, beautiful things that you're creating. You're so gifted and talented. You're so brilliant in what you do. And yet you haven't tapped into it. How can we tap into it? It starts with, ha, structural integrity. Your life is the museum of awe and wonder. Our friend Dan Goods, he actually has a museum of awe and wonder. He works for JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And he goes all over the country and he will set up these huge, beautiful displays of art. And it's to help us understand what scientists are hearing in space. Right? You are walking creations of an almighty God. You are your own museum walking about. And what is, what's on display? What's on display in your walls of your house? What messages are you are sending people? You know, is your door locked? Is your bed open? Is your closet full of secrets? I don't know what your house is like. But let's just say, let's just say and believe for a moment that God intended you for awe and wonder. What a gift you are to us. Saying number six. All right, so, so this has been about us, right? But this, the, 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 the King Solomon says this, protect the innocent and rescue everyone you can. Because it's not about, your wisdom is not just for you. What God wants to do with your life is not just for you. It is so that you can take what is in you and the strength that you have and protect the innocent, the most vulnerable among us. The scriptures say, if you fall apart during a crisis, then you weren't very strong to begin with. Mm, mm. rescue every one you can of those being taken away and killed and hold on to those innocent souls staggering toward their own slaughter. Because, it, because we live in a global world where we can see the slaughtering going on and the slavery going on and the abuse and the, the, the killings in the street. And we, we have a responsibility for those among us that are innocent, for those among us that are enslaved, for those among us who are being rejected, for those among us who are being pushed out and marginalized, we have a, a, a job and a responsibility under God. As our defender, he is making us defenders of the innocent, right? And as parents, good parents, we, we protect our kids. That's the number one job of parents is protecting it. But we are, in the body of Christ, we are protectors of the innocent of the world. And so our jobs are to free and to, and to go in and, and, and to release. We're sending a team to uh, Malawi, and we're sending a justice team. We're sending some of our lawyers, and they'll be taking cases who's, who's, who's ignored invisible people in jail, and they will be looking and helping them try to get justice when they have no justice now at this time. And so the last time we were there, we had 11 people go free because their cases were, were taken. If you excuse yourself saying, hey, look, we didn't know anything about this. Doesn't God who knows what you're really thinking understand your motives? 
Isn't your protector aware, aware of why you aren't protecting the innocent? Will he not repay you in kind? You know, when, God, when you walk past someone who is more vulnerable than you are, more exposed than you are, and God says, stop and serve, that's what you're to do. And it is not my job to tell you how to do that best. It is your job to hear the voice of God. And when, when he tells you, I know I have George, and George is my homeless man in our community. And I know that my moral courage is dependent on George. That when I take care of him, I am taking care among, of the most vulnerable in my community. Um, I am trying to protect him. And he's not doing well. He's been on the streets for many, many years. But there has been so many of that are on the streets. And instead of saying, we don't know what to do, all I'm asking you to do is when you pass somebody, serve them. Yeah? Protect the innocent. Do what you can. Rescue everyone you can. And that doesn't mean being codependent, right? Because some of you uh, have tried to be rescuers before and you can't do it. We're talking about a whole different thing here. Right? I love it. Saying number seven, the end. Rise again. Rise again. Rise again. Well, I love this because it doesn't say that we, we, um, that we protect the innocent and, and, and the most vulnerable. Even in our state of weakness, we can do that. And then there are times when we are, we are coming against. Somebody's going to fight us. Somebody's going to, we're going to take that fight on. And it says, do not lurk like a thief, so don't steal. Near the house of the righteous, do not plunder their dwelling places. Don't be destructive. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Even though you might be stealing from a, a righteous person, and that, that person has nothing left in their house because you've taken everything they've got, that, that, that righteous person is going to rise up from that nothingness. And he's going to say, I'm, I'm going to stand in a house that's empty that has absolutely been plundered, but I'm going to rise again. You know what? The, th- the beautiful thing about us is this, is that resurrection is in our DNA. Isn't it beautiful? That a Savior of the world resurrected and resurrection is in our DNA. That nothing that can come against you is beyond the ability of you rising again from it. Yes? And it's whatever your circumstance is and wherever you find yourself tonight, I want you to know that you can rise again. The eighth time, the ninth time, the hundredth time, the hundred twelfth time. And that's the beautiful thing I've seen in Irwin of all of these years that I've been married to him and known him. That no matter what has come against our family, he always rises again. He always rises to live another day. And I love that about him. And I love the fact that I have learned so much of, 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 of this issue of love, resilience, of saying to ourselves, look, look, don't give up. Giving up is not an option. Don't even entertain it. Don't entertain hurting yourself. No, it's not an option because you have to get some resilience. You have to get some, some, some strength under your belt to say, this is just today. Tomorrow's not going to be like this. Given the fact I make a few adjustments, I'm going to rise again. It's resilience. God will help you rise again. Your greatest days are in your future. It is not in your past. You will rise again. Whatever you're feeling right now, whatever your situation is right now, I want you to switch it out. That's mental thinking. And I want it to be rise again, rise again, rise again. Look, I've been, I have been, I, I, I have this book contract and I've just not done 
my work and I've, I've, it's been a long process and so many of you have been in that process with me. I, I have one entry I want to read to you of the like few entries I have done. Can we close with that? That's it, that's it. Because it's about my rising again. All right, when is it time? When is it time? How do you know it's time to have a baby? Your body tells you, that's why. I didn't know. I didn't know the subtleties of the process, even though the books, the videos, the instructions were clear, even though maybe I wasn't listening. The descriptions and the sensations were completely different because for me, it was personal. They were my feelings. And in that moment, no woman had given birth before because I had not. This miraculous conception would be unequaled experience that no one had but me. Disoriented prior to the culmination of this love-inspired birth of our firstborn son, I would muddle through, muddle through the process, unprepared and legs unshaven. I, 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 was, I, was, I was raised with little knowledge of how to become a woman and even less about pregnancy and how my body would change in pregnancy. Amazed at the transmutation of my form to a gargantuan orb. I would waddle to and fro from the refrigerator to the fan and back again in the Texas heat. And Erwin, he would lie to me. He would say, you were beautiful. You're beautiful. And I would learn to disdain his opinion. More disdain would evidence itself in the delivery room. There was one I was confident to give me the honest to God truth and she was our full length mirror. And like a a thug in a police lineup, I would just parade my enlarged self in front of that trusted friend for a quick truth session. And I would look at my feet, how they had taken on a pregnancy all of their own. Can feet have baby feet? I was swollen, swollen, hands swollen, face swollen, breast swollen, and my belly was a well-proportioned globe. And I was lost in its terrain. Lost in the tent dresses, lost in the miserable reality that I was unprepared and I was nine months pregnant. It was time. And I would definitely have an atypical birth of the first baby that would weigh 25 pounds because I had found solace in all of my daily doses of iron supplements and the secret snicker bars hidden in my desk. There was coming a time for the fulfillment of all that I had hoped for and I had lackadaisically prepared for. And upon arriving at work on July the 8th, all was complete and the time had been fulfilled. And let the waiting and the pain begin. And from my office to Baylor Hospital, I would go and I would do my part to fulfill the childbirthing process. I would fully feel every contraction. I would obey and not push. And finally, I would obey and then push. Anticipation would find its way out. And today, I would be a mother. And I would have my first baby boy. And he would be loved. I'd never had a baby before. And now I had. And I thought to myself, I will never walk again. And then, and then I did. And it amazes me that we fall in love and get married and have sex and have a baby in that exact order. And, and we walk in. And we walk again and we fully commit ourselves to raise that human being from infancy through childhood and on to adulthood and never give up on him and love him enough to care for him every single day of his life and fight battles for him and dodge hurt for him all because of love. Birth is a miraculous thing, but love is miraculous. To be birthed into love, how perfect a beginning. 
And the end of the chapter, I just say to Aaron Christopher, we made it through childbirth. You and me. You came, you came to us all innocent, and I'd hoped I could create a, a world perfect, perfect enough for your innocence to abide. That I could love you enough to ward off the ugly and evil monsters, but in the end, I could not. It became so painful. Love became painful and imperfect, mostly because some of those monsters were in me. And for all the awkward mothering I did, your childbirth was perfect. Didn't we have those few moments, you and I? And in the spirit of those moments 30 years ago, my love for you, it lives on in the deepest parts of me because you and I were once inseparable until you had to make your way forward. And I fear, I fear I held you the wrong way. Because these days are birthing something new in you and I. I think of you trying to make your mark on the kingdom of God, and I am proud. And as for love, I am in this to the end with you. And you can find me in your corner. So I just wanted to read that to you. Because... um, Mothering was always awkward for me. There was always those really difficult times. But you know what? I rose, I rose again through all crisis by crisis by crisis. And God today is birthing something new in me. And he's birthing something new in you and in us. And I don't want us to miss it because we're stupid. I don't want us to miss it because we're thieves or that we're hiding from something. I want us to get it tonight because the birth is beautiful. And I want us to bow our heads and ask God what that could be like. Dear Jesus, I pray over the dreams and visions of these men and women. I pray over their hearts. I pray, Father, for the broken ones, I pray healing. For the entrapped ones, I pray freedom. For the ones who are longing to find truth, I pray, God, that you would be their truth. For the ones who are trying to find a way, I pray you'd be their way. And maybe you're here tonight and you've come to that line of faith where Jesus, you're reaching out to Jesus. And Jesus is reaching out to you. He wants to tell you there is no saying that a wise man could say that he hasn't said the wisest of all things. And he says, I love you. I love you, child. I love you for who you are. I love you. And if you want to come to Jesus, this is the prayer that you pray. And you may want to pray that right now. I prayed it. I prayed it. I said, Jesus, I need you. Come. Come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. And Jesus did. It was that easy. You pray that. You just reach out to Jesus. Jesus, please come. And he meets us. He meets you in your faith. He meets you in your your weakness. He takes you just as you are. So then just come to him. And maybe that's your prayer tonight. And whatever your prayer is, I pray blessing over you. I pray that God would protect protect you. He would keep you. And that you would rise to be a strong man, to be a strong woman, and live a very happy life. God bless you. Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.